Today's episode of the Jack Vita Show is presented to you by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus has every single season, every single episode of Survivor, all 40 seasons, including all three seasons from today's guest, Mrs. Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick. One of the real legends of the game. She was on Survivor Palau, Survivor Guatemala, Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. By the way, Survivor Palau. Best season of Survivor, in my opinion. My all-time favorite season. If you guys want to watch or re-watch any of those seasons, go and get an account. Go to jackvita.com slash paramount. And if you sign up through my link, you will get a free one-week trial for the service. So, hey, who knows? Maybe you, you binge all those seasons in a week. And then you say, hey, I like this Paramount Plus. They got a bunch of other shows, obviously. They got Big Brother, Amazing Race, The Challenge on MTV, The Real World, a bunch of classic reality TV shows, as well as a bunch of other great stuff. So make sure you go through my link, jackvita.com slash Paramount. And if you sign up through that link, this show is also funded, so I greatly appreciate it. If you want to rewatch Stephanie on Survivor, jackvita.com slash Paramount, or go to my site, jackvita.com, and click on one of the Paramount banners on my site and uh, get to watching. It's a mountain of entertainment. It's great. And now, let's get to today's show. What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, here for a very special bonus episode of the podcast. We have a very special guest joining us on the line in a second. I will bring her in in a second. But first, you guys enjoy today's episode of the show. Make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is Yet you are listening to podcasts. Uh, we've had a number of Survivor contestants here, former athletes, uh, Bachelor contestants, Challenge contestants, and we got some great guests coming up. I will be speaking tomorrow with Arrestus Destrade, who does the Rays games in Tampa. He's been on the Rays broadcast for the last 10 years, and he used to be on Baseball Tonight, played on the Marlins. Should be fun to talk with him. Uh, but I don't want to waste any more time because we have a very, very special guest, someone I've been so excited to talk with. So, uh, hopefully I get this introduction. I do a good job on this intro here. She is a baseball wife and her husband won the World Series in 2008. Her husband is Kyle Kendrick, a member of the 2008 Philadelphia Phillies. They're uh, fantastic pitching rotation, but she's a star in her own right. She was on Survivor three times. And honestly, if you're a Survivor fan, you know this name because she was in terms of Survivor stars, uh, I think one of the biggest the show's ever had. I shouldn't even say I think. Clearly was. Um, she played a lot of sports growing up, I, I would think, because I know she played Division One lacrosse. Um, so we welcome her into the show today. Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Loved it. Good job. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you here because I watched you on Survivor a bunch, but I also know uh, that you're 
you have to at least like sports if you play Division One lacrosse and uh, you <laughs> marry a baseball player. So I'm curious, um, <laughs> what was your lacrosse career like? Where did you play? And did you play other sports growing up as a kid? Yeah, so um, well, I grew up, I was the youngest of five, and um, I had four older brothers, so they obviously played a lot of sports. Um, my dad coached all of them in baseball and basketball and all their sports, and then I came along and I wanted to get involved. Um, so I, I mean, I play, I swam, I played basketball, played volleyball, played field hockey, uh, played lacrosse. Volleyball was my big thing in high school, and um it ended up being, it was the first time they ever had a lacrosse team, and it was the same season as volleyball. And because I played field hockey, those kind of go hand in hand. And uh, the coach was like, Coach out of Temple, she had gone to Temple, um, which was Division One, like seven in the country. And um, she said, I'm telling you, you got to try lacrosse. I can tell, you know, kind of by your skill set, I think you'd be good at lacrosse. And it killed me because I played beach volleyball, I played court volleyball. I really loved it. And I tried lacrosse for the first time, and I was terrible. Like, I threw the ball against the wall, and it <laughs> flying back at me, and I totally missed it. And I was like, okay, seriously, I think I'm going to be good at this? It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it, it took some practice, but I ended up learning how to catch. And it, it, it is known as the fastest sport on two, two feet. I ran track. I ran for the pen relays. I mean, so I, I also was kind of a runner, and I ended up um, playing four years, and I started getting recruited, I guess, my junior year. And um, I ended up signing with Temple, who was, at the time, I believe, like, sixth in the country. Wow. Um, and I started as a freshman, and I ended up doing, I was like a center. I, I was trained by these two twins who were from Russia to do the draw in the center. They were, like, top in the country at the draw, but they were graduating. So I replaced one of them and um, took over the draw, and... Ended up not really loving the school and the area so much as I loved the program, but transferred, went to Mom's University, also Division One, and that's where I graduated from. So it says here you were all-conference one year. Is that correct? In college? Yes. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah, I got a couple different accolades. I don't remember them. I mean, we won. We won the title one year um, for the... <laughs> NEC, I think we, we won like the whole thing, the championship. So that was amazing. Because see, Monmouth was a Division One, but it was a lower Division One because they wouldn't release me Temple to a competitor, a competitor, a high Division One, where I would have had a red shirt, sit out a year. So I didn't want to do that because it would have messed with my scholarship. Because you know most of those schools are so expensive, my parents couldn't afford you know anything like that. So. I did a lower division one, but they ended up, the program ended up being amazing and we killed it. And we ended up eventually becoming like a very competitive, legit D1 school before I had graduated from there. So we put them on the map. Just kidding. <laughs> very <laughs> cool. So I know that you went to high school in Philadelphia. You're from New Jersey. And uh, I did a little research and I, I, I believe there was a very big time NBA star who was in high school around the same time you were in the state or in the city of Philadelphia, if you know who I'm talking about. I do. And he did not take me to the prom and I was really upset. <laughs> really? It was like it was like a big deal who he chose to take to the prom and not me. And he had never met me, so it was. <laughs> Perfectly understandable, but I secretly thought he liked me and wanted to take me to the prom, <laughs> and he didn't. For those who don't know, Kobe Bryant uh, from Lower Marion High uh, School. 
Yes, Lower Marion. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. He was a great. Um, but I know um, he was a huge deal when he was a high school guy. Huge deal. Huge deal. He was amazing. He um, when, I, when he was in the newspaper, sometimes I was in the newspaper for high school <laughs> sports. <laughs> so that was really exciting because, of course, we didn't know he was going to be the Kobe Bryant. And, um, yeah, God rest his soul when we heard the tragic news of his accident and his daughter and all the people that were unfortunately with him. It was just heartbreaking um, yeah. because he truly is a legend. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a great. Um, it was very sad. Amazing. Yeah, I'm from um, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm from Delaware County, and I mean we we it's right near New Jersey. And then he was from Lower Marion, which is also like a suburb of Philadelphia. So it was pretty much right there. Do you ever see him I play? Never met him. No. Yeah, I went to some of his games, but I never met him or anything like right, that. Right. Yeah. Because he was like a phenom, you know. Yeah. Like everybody wanted to see this Kobe kid play. Yeah, it's cool to hear that background story because I only, you know, when when he passed, there was so much talk about him and everything was about his pro career. But um, we often lose sight of where people come from and what their stories are. So it's really cool to hear kind of your perspective and uh, knowing yeah. about Kobe at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, he can't. I mean, Lower Marion was a very nice area. Um, I believe he was, didn't he have Italian something? Yeah. One of his parents is somebody from Italy, and so his dad um, played in Italy. Oh, okay, okay, that's right. And then he took Brandy to the prom, and it broke my heart forever. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, are you, you? So I'm a fellow Italian as well. Are you full Italian? So I'm half. My dad is 100, percent and then my mom is 100 percent German, and she's like this little blonde-haired, blue-eyed person. <laughs> So it's kind of funny because all my kids are blonde, like they're tan, like not like my one daughter, I guess, is my like tan as me. But the other ones, they get really tan, but they're not as tan as me, but they're all blonde and brown eyes. And I'm like, I swear I had something to do with this, you know? So my husband, Kyle, Kyle's like, you know, he's like tan, he's like blonde, so he's tall, like he's like, you know, more white looking, not real tan. So I guess that's where they come from. <laughs> blonde. Yeah, I'm. I would be like your kids. I'm only a quarter Italian. My dad's half. Um, but uh, okay. yeah, I've I've always thought that if I ever want to go to Italy or if, and I can't make it, I should just go to New Jersey or Philadelphia and get the like the half right, experience right, there. Right there, you go. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all like everyone's like Italian, Catholic. Like everybody's defined by their parish. Like, oh, what parish are you from? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? Where am I from? Like, where do you live? I'm Chicago. Okay, okay. Well, there's a lot of, like, Catholic there, too. It's funny. They have a lot of that. Yeah. I only say, my husband's from Seattle, and he's just like, what is this, like, you know, your parish? I'm like, well, it's like, you know, everybody's Catholic. So you either went to, like, St. Joe's, you went to St. Bernadette's or St. Charles. And he's like, what? We had, like, he's (laughs) like, I knew, like, one Catholic person growing up. I'm like, well, you're from, like, Mount Vernon, Washington. A little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like non-denominational evangelical. Um, but there are a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's not really either. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of Catholic high schools in downtown Chicago, South Side of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the yeah. northern suburbs yeah. here. Okay. Okay. I I've actually never. Well, I was there when he played them once, but I we've, I've never really been much to Chicago. I just know. 
there was a lot of Catholics there. Yeah. <laughs> Catholic school. <laughs> very true. Very true. So were you a big time Philly sports fan growing up or were you a fan of other teams? Um, my, well, funny enough, my family, when I was really young, had like season tickets or somebody in my dad's work that my dad always, my dad was a mailman. He was like a, um, ended up being eventually like the, the postmaster at this mail, at this post office. But, um, they had Philly season tickets. So my brothers did always go like with my dad. I never went. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Sunday, the Eagles were on, everything was flyers. Everything was Phillies. Everything was Sixers. Like that was it. Like you didn't, there were no other teams, you know? Um, so it's just kind of funny that I ended up marrying Kyle because that was not in the plan. That was not, you know, what I was, you know, going for. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't like a prerequisite, you know what I mean? (laughs) But that's right. It worked out. Yeah. (laughs) So it it kind (laughs) of sounds like your family, I'm picturing like uh, Silver Lanks playbook, something like that. One of those Philadelphia Italian families. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody yells, everybody's loud. I'm like the peacemaker. Brothers are fighting. <laughs> Holiday great. Yeah, whole thing. We literally be like a movie. <laughs> you know, there's a show. There's a show based out of where I'm from. It's called, it's a series. It's called The Mayor of Something. And it's all about where I grew up. Really? Supposedly. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I haven't seen that. I have seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, though. Yeah, I've seen that, too. That's funny. <laughs> But this is supposed to be really good. I don't know. I've never seen it. This is like a, I don't know, it's on Netflix or something. It's like a drama, but it's it's based in Delaware County, like Philadelphia, where I don't know where, exactly where I'm from. So I heard it's pretty good. I have to put it on my <laughs> list. Yes. Who are you a fan of in terms of like, who are your favorite athletes as a kid? Oh, my favorite athlete as a kid? Oh, well, Allen Iverson was always like a big deal, I guess, yeah. in our house. And then when Kobe Bryant made it big, you know, we all loved him because he was from where we were from. Trying to think, there was a hockey player that was like really good that when we were, I was young, that everybody talked about, I forget his name. And then I guess as I got like older, Brian Westbrook and that whole crew from the, from oh, the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I'm into sports, and I go to games and all that, but I never was like, oh, my gosh, you know, Michael Jordan, everybody loved him, but, you know, I was never, like, crazy with it. Yeah, I gotcha. There's a little bit of overlap for me, because I'm a little younger than you are. Like, I remember when Iverson played in the 2001 Finals, and every single kid, I was a young kid at that point, I think I was, like, six or seven years old, and every single kid was rocking Iverson jerseys. Like, he resonated with so many children, because kids saw themselves through the lens of a guy like him, who was undersized and scrappy. Right, 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 yeah. Like, not your typical NBA big, tall star, you know? Yeah. And he killed it, man. He was so good. I mean, he was the face of that organization for a while. He was the face of the NBA for a little bit, too. He really changed a lot of the entertainment of the league where a lot of players want to become rappers and kind of be entertainers. He kind of was a part of that style. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Steph, how did you and Kyle meet? So I ended up after my second survivor, I want to say, 
can't even really remember. I, so I was a pharmaceutical rep and I quit my job because, you know, you leave for like seven weeks, so you can't get a leave of absence. So you end up having to resign to, to film the show. So I resigned from, to go on the first time. Then I went back interviewed, got a position with another company. They said, jokingly, they said, you're not going to like leave us for another reality show, are you? And I said, no. <laughs> as soon as I got through training, Survivor called. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I just sold this company. Like, I'm, I'm never going to leave for a reality show. They're like, it's a really good opportunity. First time we're ever going to do this. And, you know, we're going to bring you and one other person back. And it's going to be all new contestants. And we can't really tell you too much, but it's going to be like, if we, you know, it's going to make history, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't pass this up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I yeah. go and tell my company, that's it. I'm banned from the pharmaceutical industry forever. That's it. <laughs> um, I mean, not really, but I, yeah. I gather if I would ever try to go back, they'd say, are you going to leave for a reality show? <laughs> um, so then after that, my brother came to me and a few friends and said, you know, good opportunity in Philadelphia. I was newly single. I had dated my long-term sweetheart, married him, um, and then it just didn't work out. So we got divorced. Great guy. Just, you know, just didn't work out. No children or anything. Um, so I'm newly single. My brother's like, I, you know, I have this opportunity. It's like a small little restaurant in Philadelphia. It's like a hole in the wall, but it's going to be amazing. Apparently, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go in on it with some of your survival winnings? I'm like, sure. You know, I'm, I'm banned from the farm industry. I need something to do. <laughs> I I grew up bartending through college. Like I, you know, I bartended at the Jersey Shore, typical Italian, right? I'm the original Snooky, by the way. I really am. <laughs> um, but so I did that, and that that's where I ultimately met Kyle. Like all the athletes would come in because it was a small place where nobody bothered them. Like nobody wanted their autographs or their pictures. They could just come. They could sit at the bar. They could sit at a table in the corner and just eat. And it was good food. It was like a Spanish. Office. I had nothing to do with that. It was already established. We already had our cooks and stuff. Um, there was just good food, and it was kind of near the stadiums. And he came in, and he asked me out. And I was like, no way. You're like 22 years old. I'm 27 and divorced. This is <laughs> never going to work. And he's like, come on. He was very persistent. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I'm like five years older than you. You are like... <laughs> I mean, he was so young, you know what I mean? And I was like, plus, you're an athlete, and I know about you athletes, and I've, you know, been around many of them, and no, definitely not. You're on the road all the time. The girls are all over. No, no, no. And he's like, one date. So I'm like, fine. So one date, I'm like, fine, but it's at my restaurant. I'm paying, and if I don't like you, you have to leave, because this is where I work. <laughs> so we had, you know, dinner. We sat, like, at this high top right in the center of the restaurant. It was nothing, like, romantic. I'm like, we're not sitting at a table. We're not sitting in the corner. I don't want to think of anything. And he was so nice. And I was like, oh, crap. Because he's from the West Coast. He's from Seattle. He's not, like, really what I'm used to here, you know. On the East Coast, we're very, like, quick. And not that we're not nice, but we're just, he was just so chill, laid back, sweet. So then, you know, I was, and then he asked me on another date. And then that went really well. And then we got kind of serious. And the rest is history. <laughs> so that's how it all worked out. But I, I really was not interested, for the record, in the beginning. I, I tried my best to, to say no. <laughs> that's a great story. That's really cool to hear. So had you guys, were you guys together during the 2008 World Series run? We were. So it was kind of funny. Like, I didn't really ever look at him. Like, I just looked at him as a normal guy. And he really didn't know much about me as far as Survivor. And then 
he ended up telling his parents and his grandparents and they're like, Oh my gosh, he was our favorite. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, he's like Googling me. He's like, Oh my God. And everywhere we went, like sometimes he would get recognized, but a lot of times I would get recognized and he's like, what the heck? So then they end up going to the world series that year and they can bring one person, you know, on the float and his dad, he's like really close with his dad. But shortly after this, we end up getting engaged, but he asked me to go, you know, on the float with him. And so I was his guest on the float with a bunch of the guys and their wives. And then I think he asked my dad's permission. Yeah. Like that off season. And then we got engaged the next season, like in on all-star break, which is like in July. And then we had to wait like a full year because it was too rushed to get married like that November or whatever. So we got married the following November. So we were engaged for like a year and a half and dated, you know, we were together like two years probably before we got married. So I left on the float at the parade. It was insane. <laughs> you mentioned being a huge Eagles fan, but then having a, at the time, fiance on the Phillies, which championship was more thrilling, exciting for you when the Eagles won in 2018 or when the Phillies won in 2008? Oh gosh, nothing will ever beat the Phillies winning. That was yeah. insane. And then the next year, they went back. Was it the next year they went back again and they lost at Yankee yeah. Stadium? Game seven, which, by the way, now yeah. Joe Girardi was the manager of the Yankees at the time, and, of course, he manages the Phillies. And Isn't that crazy? What kind of person Joe Girardi is is that after they won the World Series, he was driving home, and he saw someone on the side of the road, and he helped them uh, fix up the, a flat tire on the side of the road after they won oh. the World Series. I mean, like, amazing. Amazing, right? Yeah. Yep. What a good guy. I know. Yeah, that was, I mean, baseball, playoff, there's nothing like playoff baseball. I, there was, I worked for the Flyers for a short time, and they oh. were really good when I worked for them. Yeah, I was the Ann Arena host. I was, like, the girl in between commercials or whatever that, like, gave to the giveaways for the fans and stuff. Yeah. And they were, like, really good. This, what was this? Maybe this was 06. Oh six, oh seven, yeah. The World Series was oh eight. It might have been oh, yeah. It must have been oh six. It was right after Survivor, and they made it to the playoffs too. So the you know playoff hockey is fun too, but there is yeah. nothing like playoff baseball. I mean, it is, it is chilling. It's so cool. And I've been to the Super Bowl before, um, years ago. I which one was I at when the Giants won? The Giants played. Uh, did they play? Is in Arizona? Patriots. I think so. Yeah, the Giants won. Yep. Yeah. They beat the Patriots twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, 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 baseball playoffs in the World Series is it's so cool. I completely agree. And I must add at this time, as a Chicagoan, the Blackhawks did beat the Flyers <laughs> in 2010 Stanley Cup. That was a fun experience over here. But I also will co-sign with you and say that baseball playoffs is there's nothing more like emotional than October baseball, and I'm excited to get into it in a couple it, weeks. I cried when the Cubs won the World Series. I cried. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You know what's funny? Like, I had, um, you know, we get so many, like, when Kyle played, you get so many tickets. Like, you, you pay for them, but you get so many yeah. that you have. So we brought, like, friends of ours, and me being from Philly, like, all my best friends are from there, and my family and all that. And I'll never forget, like, my one best friend's um, husband. I look over, he is, like, bawling. I'm like, oh my God, like he is seriously bawling. And I'm like, you know, the one that's like related to somebody. I mean, I actually, I cried when they lost at Yankee stadium. 
I did because the fans just yeah. went nuts and like they were, I, I just felt so bad for them, like the guys. Like, you know, they didn't get to do the celebration. They gotta watch them do it all over the like it was just like and I'm not a crier, so if I cry it's like bad. <laughs> but it is. It's it's cold, it's fun, like you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I went to a playoff game the Cubs lost, and it was like the worst feeling ever. And it wasn't even an elimination game. It was just I would think if I was like in your position where I if I was dating a girl and she was playing a championship series for softball or something like that, and just like I I feel like it would be the added pressure of like as a fan you feel emotionally attached to it but then you actually have someone who's playing in it like is there an extra weight to that um i mean yes and no because you you're so you have a feeling of of gratitude that they were able to make it that far and that yeah. they're they have the privilege of even doing this do you know what i mean yeah and most of those guys feel the same way but at the same time i mean a lot of them you know, Roy Halladay played his whole career and never got a World Series. You know what I mean? And yeah. was like one of the best pitchers to ever play the game. So, you know, maybe for his wife, you do bear that weight because now he's passed and he never got that, you know? So uh, it's just, you know, it's it's just how the game goes. You know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and I had heard that Roy Halladay was just a fantastic human being. Yeah, he and Kyle were really close. I mean, Kyle looked up to him so much. Mm. Like, that was like his little, like, Kyle was like his little follower because he just looked at Roy like, you know, he was a god. But then they became really good friends, and when that all went down, that was just beyond, Mm. just beyond words, like, upsetting. Yeah. So Kyle does some things now here in Florida that actually some baseball programs that Roy really started and really got going. And so Kyle kind of stepped in a little bit in his place and, and does some things that he used to do. So it's kind of cool, yeah. you know, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very he's cool. From the there. So yeah, it is. He was an awesome guy. I know there was, uh, I had heard from, uh, one of my friends. So I've, I mentioned to you, I have some friends who have Philly connections and I'm in a group text with like four Phillies fans. Okay. And it's just every single night. They're so angry when the games are not going the way that they want them to. <laughs> and there are a lot, right? of, there are a lot of expletives used that I will not sh- share on this show. Oh uh, yeah. It's a family oh, friendly yeah. show. Um, but one of the guys is actually, he's a big fan of Kyle and, uh, of course, the 2018 team, they all love that team. And yeah. I mentioned that I was going to be talking with you. And they said mm-hmm. that um, Cole Hamels was the one who gave him the nickname Crazy K. Yeah, you know what? That's funny. I don't even know. I didn't know that because Ryan Howard was the one that always called him that. Oh. <laughs> so was it Cole that did that? I, I didn't know. They all had like Cole was Hollywood. And Ryan was Rhino or Big Peace. And then Kyle was crazy K. I actually don't know where that came from. <laughs> to be honest. So. But I bring up Cole Hamels because I know that uh, he also has a survivor wife. Heidi was on Survivor as well. So I was curious if you guys, when you interacted with each other, did you know who each other were? Did that come up later? It came up later. So I watched survivor like whenever i could when i was like in college um and i remember seeing like her season 
But when I later, years later, met Kyle and then met her and she's now Cole's wife, I didn't even put it together until I think somebody said, wait, you were on Survivor? Do you know Heidi was on Survivor? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that's Heidi. That's, whoa. So then we became really good friends. Like to this day, we're very good friends, but neither of us knew each other from Survivor. So here we are, two girls, both on Survivor with two pitchers on the same team. Like it was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But, um... She, you know, she was on an earlier season than me and she had a really rough go. Like she got down to 70 something pounds and she had kidney failure. And so her experience was on Survivor was much different from my experience on Survivor. You know, um, it was like a lot harder on her body. And, um, she, I mean, she almost like died. Like she had to go wow. like dialysis, like really bad. Yeah. Like I got down to 92 pounds. So I was, I definitely was, was tiny, but. I didn't have to be hospitalized. Do you know what I mean? So, Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Her, like, leaving the show kind of put a little bit of a bad taste in her mouth, I think. <laughs> she almost died. <laughs> Me, I went back three times, so obviously I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, but, she, you know, those earlier seasons were, like, brutal because they didn't give them anything. And, like, even my first season, they didn't give us anything, but they started to, like, later. Like, you could, like, Guatemala, we had rice rations, plowed nothing. And then when I was on it like eight years, what was it, five years later or whatever, they gave us stuff for Heroes Villains. I can't remember what. Maybe rice rations again. Did they? I can't remember. I was only on it for like six days. <laughs> um, those bastards. <laughs> Excuse my language. Um, but, yeah, the first like five seasons, I, see I was on 10, 11, and 20. I think she was on four. Those first five seasons, they were like it was like brutal. Yeah, it, I've I've been watching so, since the start, so I was curious what drew right. you to Survivor. How did you end up on the show? Well, that was the thing. Like, I watched it all through college, and I loved it. I was like, oh my god, this is such a cool game. Like, it's competitive, it's athletic, it's it's about people, it's about being mentally strong. Like, I never camped. I wasn't this like big time camper, but it was like all the competitions. You know what I mean? And and the mental state of it, it was like all in one. And I always said to myself, when I graduate and after I work a little bit and save some money, like I would love to apply for the show. And, you know, if you get on, you got to be available to leave for like two months and still pay your bills. So I did when I got out of college, I worked for a year in sales and then I applied and I was shocked that, you know, they called me back and brought me out to LA and then ultimately casted me. And then I went on pull out and, I guess, because I did pretty well, you know, they asked me to come back. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Did you look into any other reality shows like the Real World Road Rules Challenge or Amazing Race? Because it seems like you love the competition aspect. Yeah, so never like the Real World or anything. I, I thought for a minute about The Apprentice just because that oh. was like something new and it was kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it was the same... I remember I went to New York for a casting call for the first one. So the lines were so long for like survivor. So I, I thought to myself, if they cut me, they were casting the same day for the apprentice. I'll just kind of try out for that just to see, not that I'm like some business mogul, um, <laughs> but just to see. And then um, I always loved the amazing race, but I, we, and we, we laughed about it. We always said like me and Kyle and Cole and Heidi would do it. Oh um, yeah. But it would be like a great TV because I would be like yelling at Kyle the whole time because he's like so like relaxed and slow. <laughs> I would be like, Harry, the frig up, we're gonna lose. <laughs> like it would be great TV. But um 
Yeah, we never did the amazing race. <laughs> <laughs> Still got time. I know, I know. <laughs> he's like so happy just being home. You know, he's not a big traveler. He doesn't really like to like, you know, he likes to stay in the United States. He doesn't really like to do anything that's like crazy or like, I'm like, let's go to Africa. Let's go on a safari. Let's be, I'll go on Survivor again. Like if we could be any more opposite, we are <laughs> as far as like adventure. So, um, he's like, we got to do what and go where for the amazing race? What is it? Um, he's like, no, thank you. <laughs> he's very content. The apprentice was great back in the day. It was so good. Right. That was so good. You're fired. <laughs> so good. And that's all the same mission. Like, that's all that Mark Burnett. Yeah, Mark Burnett did The Apprentice, Survivor. Uh, I think he did The Contender was another one. Yeah, and The Amazing Race. No, I think Amazing Race is Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, really? He's not Amazing Race? I thought he was Amazing Race. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. But Mark yeah. Burnett, the goat of reality TV. Anyway, how'd you get on Palau? How'd you do it? So you went to the casting call? So I did a casting call. Um, actually, it was funny enough. I was in New York. I was in some building. And um, I, I was, like, next in line. So they bring you into the hallway, and you wait outside the room. And ironically enough, um, Jamie Foxx is, like, walking down the hallway. Um, <laughs> what movie was he in with Jada Pinkett Smith? And it was coming out then. Um, oh, you know, gosh. Will, Will Smith's wife. Yeah, this was, like, 2003 or four. This movie was was, was it Ray? I can't remember. I don't think it was Ray. I don't know. Okay. But he was there, going to do a talk show and promote this movie. And he comes walking down the hall with like his bodyguards and stuff. And I'm outside, like standing there. But literally, as like the survivor people are coming out of the room, he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, what's going on, baby girl?" And, like acts like he knows me, and I I don't know who he thought I was. But I was like, hey, how are you? Like, so good to see you. He picks me up. He gives me a kiss on the cheek. He spins me around. I'm like, are you promoting your movie? He's like, you know it. I'm like, all right, go get them. I'm like, so good scene. You can't wait to see it. Like, totally acted like, I forget the movie. Because I knew what it was. I remember, like, everybody talking about it. They're like, how do you know Jamie Foxx? I'm like, don't worry about it. I know, like, a lot of people. Trust me. Just put me on your show. Everyone's going to watch. Like, it was so funny. So as soon as I went in the room, that was like the whole big talk. And then my big thing was I had to submit a video. And ironically, I had just been at a Bon Jovi concert. And I was like, what am I going to put on my video? Like, I don't know. Well, this girl I used to work with um, when I was at the Bon Jovi concert, it was the last concert ever at the Vet in Philadelphia. So somebody went on and bought the, the tape, the VHS. Somebody was filming the whole, a guy I worked with. He didn't believe Bon Jovi pulled me on stage and sang a whole song to me at the end of the concert. And wow. Kissed me. And he <laughs> didn't believe the guy, Mike Goldberg, I worked with in New York. And he goes, because um, I worked in Manhattan at the time. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to go try to find it. So he finds the VHS. I, to this day, still have it. And he's like, oh, my God, Bon Jovi really did pull you on stage. So this girl that I worked with, or I was friends with, she was like, you got to put that as your first clip. And then it'll flash to you and then just say, like, Bon Jovi can pick me out of a crowd of 50,000 people, so can you. So that was my video. And they called me and they were like, okay, was that seriously you on stage with Bon Jovi? I'm like, yes. And I'm not telling you anything else unless you bring me to LA and cast me. <laughs> so I think Bon Jovi helped me a little bit get on the show. <laughs> 
That's amazing. That's such a great yeah, story. No, seriously. I have the clip. You can find it on somewhere on the, my brother once found it on the internet somewhere. I'm terrible. I'm like a terrible internet stalker, but, um, <laughs> I do, I have the VHS actually. <laughs> okay. I will look it up, uh, later. I will see if I can find it somewhere. And if I can, I'll put it out on my Twitter or something no, like that. And I'll send it to you. It is. It's the last concert ever, John Bon Jovi at the Vet in 2003. That's all you put in. It's, it comes up. My brother had it somewhere. Okay. It's got to be out there somewhere. Everything's on YouTube these days. <laughs> Crazy. I know, right? And I used to be on um, on that Twitter, and it's like linked to my old... I, I don't even have... I, I don't even have access to it, because it's linked to my old email, and I don't have access to email. I can't get into my Twitter account. It's a nightmare. So. I'll I'll try to find it. I'll find a way to send it to you if I can find it. And then Thank you. uh okay. yes, sure thing. Okay, so you got into Palau and Palau in my opinion, honestly, it's my all-time favorite season. I think it's the best season of Survivor. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. I think it's actually the highest rated season that's ever aired. I, I could be wrong uh, now because there's so many new ones, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the highest rated seasons ever. It was definitely like Borneo had like this 50 million people watch the finale, which was like a phenomenon. And then Australian Outback was, I think 30 million or so, like the whole, the whole season, it was a number one show on television. And then for like a solid stretch between like season three and probably season, I've actually think after season 11 was coincidentally when the show really started to drop significantly. Um, but yeah, Palau mm. is definitely one of the highest rated of those seasons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great season. So, um, obviously for the, for those who <laughs> are listening to this, they probably know your story on survivor Palau. You outlasted your entire tribe. Your tribe did not win a single immunity challenge, but you emerged as like this big inspirational figure for women and young girls and like really like this great story tale character that everyone absolutely resonated towards and loved what were you expecting out of that experience like as you were going through it and you just kept losing and losing and losing did you think that something positive was going to come out of it like what, what was your thought process honestly i really didn't i just was like oh my gosh we are i'm like on we are the worst tribe ever this is so embarrassing the whole time and i was trying to stay positive um it wasn't until, and then when it came down to that fire challenge between Bobby John and I, it wasn't until then that I was like, oh man, he like really taught me how to make fire and I just beat him. That <laughs> I realized like, okay, this might be kind of cool because now I'm the last one left. But then it was like, okay, I'm the last one left. Like they literally, all the cameramen, no, no one helps you, no one talks to you, they ignore you, they make it like, they get these like booms that are like even longer than normal. So they're like nowhere near you. So you totally feel alone. And they're like, staring at you, waiting to see what you're going to do. I had to go back to some cave by myself. I had to keep the fire going. I'm like paddling a 12 man canoe by myself, trying to climb coconut. I mean, it was a disaster, but, um, I was like, I got to do this. Like I literally, this is it. And I thought to myself, eventually they're going to have to merge me or something. Like they can't possibly have me compete against the whole team by myself i'm already like way down um but you know i was like i just have to stay positive and i just have to keep going and then when i joined that other tribe 
I thought it was so amazing because originally, if you remember, when we all stayed the night together before they separated us into two tribes, before we did that schoolyard pick, I had already formed a bond with Tom and Katie. So I was like, oh, they're totally going to like hook back up with me and take me to the end here. Oh, was I wrong? <laughs> like they were trying to get me out before I even got there. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> and I'm friends with them. We're like on a thread. It's me, Tom, Katie. Greg, Ian, and like, especially with 9-11, because Tom lost a lot of friends, unfortunately, and, you know, Tom's a firefighter. So like, we all literally just talked like yesterday, like we talk all the time. And, um, I mean, they've become some of my closest friends, but I'm like, those jerks <laughs> screwed me over. <laughs> but no, it was just kind of, it, it really was not a lot of editing. I mean, it's literally how the cookie crumbled. We freaking lost every challenge. It was unbelievable. It was like comical. Like I was like, guys, we are like stronger. Like we're younger and stronger looking. How are we not winning anything? Like, hello. So funny. Like ridiculous. And then Jeff rolls his ankle. He's like our strongest guy. I'm like, okay, perfect. He rolled his ankle. He's leaving. Great. Yep. So things are, things are looking, things are working out well. <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable but i think i think it became such a good story because there was so many firsts for the first time you know and that's what's great about the show like you can you can plan this show you can pre-run these challenges you can pick the location you can pick the contestants you can put them on the same team but you just can't control how people are going to act and how challenges are going to go in the end and how people are going to if they're going to if they're going to freak out how mentally they're going to you know, you, you cannot predict it. It is like a social experiment with people. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's it was at one time, I think, one of the maybe the best show on television. I would say it was actually. I don't think it's as good as it used to be back in the old days. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> right. I'm curious, where did you find that strength to keep going? How did your did your background as an athlete? Do you think you had a little more mental toughness than other people may have in that situation? You know what? I look back. I mean, there were days I definitely broke down. You know, there was days I look back and it's like all you think about is everybody back home and what's going on. And one day it was Thanksgiving. That's like one of my favorite holidays. Just being with your closest family. You know, lots of food, lots of storytelling. Like, I love that. I love that so much more than even Christmas and all the presents. Like, just being together, you know. And it was Thanksgiving, and I I was like, this sucks. Like, it's Thanksgiving. We're starving. We're way down, like, with these challenges. We were in a beautiful location. I swear, part of me, something about the water has always brought me peace. Hmm. I've always been, I've always loved swimming, and I've always loved the ocean. But just being on the water and that's part of the reason we live in Florida and we do live on the water. We are very fortunate because it just brings me peace. Um, so that was helpful, but you are, you're just down and some people just lose it. And it doesn't matter what you say or what you do or how you think, like you do have to mentally be strong. And I do think for me, yes, playing sports, but a lot of times it, it's got to come from within. And I think like adrenaline does kick in, like in a lot of those challenges, you know, there was a weighted bag challenge. I've got James handing me his weighted bag. Like sometimes mental, mental needs to overcome. And if you mentally are already beat, you're done. So I am very good with um, stamina type things. I've always been, I've always stayed like my, like when I ran, I was distance runner and things like that. But so sports, but also I've just been, 
always being the youngest of five, like I've always been really mentally strong. I've kind of had to fend for myself. Things weren't handed to me. Like I said, my mom was a stay at home mom. You know, we lived in a row home. We didn't have much. My dad was a mailman. Um, so I always kind of started working when I was like 12 at a diner and I always made my own money. Like, you know, I just think it's kind of the way I was raised and it really helped me on the show because I think if I grew up, you know, more privileged and things always handed to me, I might've just been like, you know what, screw this. This is hard. Like, this isn't, right. this isn't what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but I don't know because that's the only life I've ever lived. I mean, now, obviously, my kids are way more fortunate than I ever was. And that is a struggle for me because I constantly am like, I want you to understand how lucky you are, how lucky you are to be able to do this. And, you know, I tell them, you know, when you're old enough to get a car, you're not getting a car unless you have a job and you can help pay for that car. Like, mommy never had a car. Like, I'm going to try to implement a lot. I know, and I know times are different, but I'm going to really try to implement a lot of how I grew up as best I can with them because... You know, it teaches work ethic. 100%. So I think it's the way I grew up. Yeah, I do. And even like Guatemala, you know, I went back on Guatemala and here it's me and Baba John were these huge targets. And I, even that, like me to get to the end like that, like, yes, I did screw people. I had to play a much tougher game and I had to be a little more, a lot more cutthroat. And a lot of that was editing. You know, I really was not as brutal as they portrayed, but, you know, they got to make a story too. And they want good TV. So, you know, and they also have to tell the tale as to, I get to the end, but I don't win. Like they know yeah. that, you know? So had I been this perfect little nice princess, <sighs> I then should have won. It wouldn't have added up. Do you know what I mean? So, but who would have ever thought I would have made it all the way to the end. Are you kidding me? Like never in a million years. Like they should have got rid of me day. I should have been like the third vote off or whatever, but um, so it's kind of, it's kind of just, you never know how the game's going to go. You just don't. Did you think you were going to be voted out first in Guatemala? I, I, I thought I was going to be voted out early, not first, but early. And then Heroes Villains, I knew I was going to get voted out early because I had uh, went to the end the second time and did so well the first time. There was no way they were letting me. I mean, the first day I was on that island, they wouldn't even look at me like uh, Rupert. I loved him. I never met him before. He was like one of my favorites. He wouldn't even look at me. I'm like, Hey, Oh my gosh, Rupert. Like, Nope. You know, like they already had their minds made up. Like well, we're getting rid of her because she'll, she'll go to the end and win. So, you know, it's just, it's a brutal, it really is a brutal game. And even when you're sleeping, you're not sleeping. Cause you're like, Oh, this guy, me and this guy and this girl, we're in, we're in. Nope, I think they're trying to screw me over right now. While they're laying there, I bet they're thinking we're getting rid of my. Like, it's such a mental mind game. Like, it is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Like, you really have to be like, okay, I'm okay. We're like, <laughs> talk, you got to talk to yourself. It's like a whole crazy thing. <laughs> it really is. Going into the fire making challenge that you had with Bobby John, I mean, there were only two of you left. And I was curious heading into tribal council, at what point did you know that you were going to compete in a challenge against each other? How did you think that whole thing was going to go? Take me through that. Well, I think, I think we got tree mail that day and it said something like two of you remain. And it said something like your life in this game is fire. So get ready to play the game or something like that. And then 
I remember him saying, oh my gosh, it's going to be a fire making challenge or something. And I'm like, oh great. Cause like he, he made like all, I mean, he made every fire. Like he, he, I knew how to make fire. He helped me really learn how to make fire. And then he would, I would gather wood and this and that. And he was like a workhorse. Like he would just make all the fires for us. You know what I mean? And from like scratch and keep them going and, um, you know, cause it rained a lot and that's why we, you know, luckily found the cave and then we had to move inside and then, cause you know, you come back, all your, everything's wet. Like you don't have fire for days. You can't have water. Nightmare. So we get there, Jeff explains it and I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, I'm done. Like I'm out, like this is it. And I don't know. I still don't know how my fire lit faster. I remember hearing Jeff saying, um, Stephanie blowing air using her brain or something. <laughs> like that's what you always had to do you always had to blow air to try to get it to like you know get some smoke going to get it to go and Stephanie has a big flame and then all of a sudden that string just like burned and like my flag went off and that was it and just like that Stephanie was a challenge and he was so mad like I don't even think he could like look at me and I was like in shock now I'm like wait a minute he's leaving now what like I've got to go back there myself what are you talking about and he's like yeah actually what people didn't see that tribal council was, I mean, Bob John leaves, me and Jeff, like, looking at each other. And I'm like, he's like, well, this, he's like, this is a survivor first. And I'm like, so now what? He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to merge with the other team, right? And he's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> I, they didn't show all this on camera. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to go back there by myself. He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I mean, I was about to cry. Like, I was like, seriously. Like, he's like, yep. And then I think the camera, like the cameras are rolling the whole time. They edit everything and, and you just see me, them go, okay, Steph, head back to camp. You are now a tribe of one or whatever. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I cried that night. I think I cried in the cave. So there's a long time rumor um, from Survivor fans that actually someone messaged to me when I, I put somewhere in a group that I was going to be talking with you and I wanted to hear what kind of questions people had. There's a long time rumor that that challenge, the fire making challenge, actually was run two times. That the wood was too wet or something like that the first time. Is there any truth to that or is that just fan fiction? I only remember doing it once. I sat down and it started and we, 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 we had to wait. We had to start at the exact same time. We had the exact same supplies. I don't remember anything being wet. Mm -mm. I, I, I only did that once. All right. Good. That, that maybe, answers a lot of questions. Maybe, well, maybe when they tested it. So there's an entire. Yeah, no, of, that's not what they were asking about. There, this was, I'll tell oh. you what this rumor is stuff. There's a rumor that. Wow. Yeah, you, you're not going to like this rumor. Oh, that Bobby John won it the first time? Oh, what? The, the rumor was that Bobby John beat you, and then you complained and said that your uh, the wood that they gave you was wet and that they reran it. Oh, no. I swear to God on my children's lives, no way. No no way. You could have Bobby John on your show. He'll tell you the same thing. No way. Yeah. Nope. Oh, my God. You can complain. You can complain to the cows come home. They don't give a crap. <laughs> whatever, like whatever it is, is like yeah. they don't give you anything. I'm not kidding. Yeah. No, I believe you. I. There's I. Not, oh, that would have been. Oh, that would have been a lawsuit if that was the. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah whoever right? came up with that one, that's fake news. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. 
That's awesome. No way. Uh Uh-uh. Bobby John and you, like, it seemed like you guys were kind of lumped in together because you were the final two on Oolong. And then on Guatemala, it seemed like you guys were at each other's throats a little bit. So what was going on there? Were you guys just not as close as the show made it look on the first time? Um, I had no problems with Bobby John. Um, but he, I lied to him once on the show that he never knew until it aired that I lied to him. So I think he was pissed about that. Remember I wrote his name down once just because I knew he wasn't going to get voted off, but I just like threw it out there because I was like, just trying to, um, what was it? I already knew who, whoever went home that night. Was it James or somebody? Yeah, it may have been. It was somewhat, it was around that time. Yeah, it was like James or something. And I had promised James I wouldn't write his name down, but I knew James was going home anyway, so I just threw Bobby John's out there. You know what I mean? And he yeah. was like, who wrote my name down? And I was like, not me. But, you know, so then he's mad about that. And then as as much as we were together, we weren't, like, best friends. Like, we literally just co, co-lived. He did his work. I did my work. We talked a little bit about life or whatever, but that was it. Like, we weren't, like, best friends. If anything, we were more like brother and sister. Like, uh, he would, like, blow his nose, and I'd be like, ew, and he probably thought, ew, about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but I didn't dislike him in any way. And then when I got to Guatemala, and it was kind of like him versus me, it was almost like he despised me. Like, he wouldn't even look over at me and, like, wave. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like that? Like, all right, game on then. Like, whatever. And so they wanted to get rid of him very early on. And I was the only reason he made the merge. He's like, please at least help me make the merge and at least make the jewelry. We had this conversation and I was like, I will do my best to make sure you make the jewelry. And he did. He could have gone sooner than that if it wasn't for me. But um, I don't think he ever cared about that. How did you protect him in the pre-merge? Uh, Guatemala pre-merge. I don't have so much protecting. It's just like, you know people come up with these ideas and people get together and start talking and it's kind of just deflecting like away from Bobby John. Well, what about this one? This one seems kind of crazy. I think we should go for this. You know what I mean? Like just, I didn't want anybody to think I was um, trying to be buddy, buddy with them either because had we both gotten to the end, that would have been a whole thing. So I didn't want people to start being like, I think Stephanie and Bobby John are in together. So we got to get rid of her too, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's all very, everything's kind of like a fine line. But yeah, I mean, they wanted to get rid of him way before the merge and like before the, uh, you know, jury began. And what was he, the first member of the jury or the second, I think? Yeah, he was the first, I think. Yeah. Well, he wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> so you came off Palau. And like I mentioned, I mean, really, I think what's interesting is like Rupert was a huge mega star in the Survivor community after he went on Pearl Islands and All-Stars, and they gave him a million-dollar prize. And then you came along, and it seemed like you sort of stole that spotlight from him, right? And you were the most popular. At the height of your popularity, it was like Colby Donaldson or Tina or uh, Ethan Zahn were kind of like some of the people before that. Um, But you were really like the biggest star in terms of universally loved, you went on Palau, everyone loved you. And then Guatemala, you mentioned some of the editing, and I noticed it this time through. I was really curious to see, like, you know, is Stephanie different on this season? And really, it doesn't seem like you're different at all. They just 
put in every clip of you complaining, basically, when it was right, like, right. Guatemala, by the way, is one of the... Guatemala and Africa were probably the two toughest seasons, at least just from my it, outside it it was it was the actual worst look. I mean, even the crew was like, "Oh my god, this is the worst location like we have ever." And I went back to back. Like I wasn't even normal yet, like mentally or anything. It was like what six months later, I went back on. Like my body wasn't even right. So I was like, in fact, I didn't even remember Guatemala. We just watched it like a year ago with my kids for the first time. As we were watching, my kids were like, who wins this challenge? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't remember the challenge. <laughs> I have, like, blocked it out of my memory. That's how mentally whacked out I was on the show. Like, I didn't even remember it. Because you're not, like, it takes you a long time to, like, really recuperate from these shows. Like, if, you, if you're really on it for a long time, it's, like, really draining. And, I mean, I didn't, my, but not, like, not to interrupt you, by the way. Sorry. Oh, no, you're um, good. My personality that's one thing with me, like what you see is what you'll get. And I am very loyal and I am very honest and I don't change for, um, anybody. Like I, you could be the biggest celebrity in the world. You can be the garbage man. I'm going to treat you both the same. And there were days I complained on Palau and there were days I complained on Guatemala and there were days I was like, listen guys. And I was the most positive person out. So it's really just what they choose to edit. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was the same exact person both times. Yeah, and so on one season, the conditions appeared to be worse. And on that season, right. you also were in the dominant alliance. You got to the end and you didn't win. Right. And they had to tell a story of like why you didn't win. And unfortunately, right. what happened as a result is you went from being like this superstar to still being a superstar, but not having the same levels of popularity. I'm curious if going into that season... Was it, were you a little, was it comfortable, uncomfortable to be such a huge, like universally loved figure? Was it a negative experience to lose some of that popularity? Was it a positive experience? I'm really curious to hear about how that sort of changed your life after being on the shows. You know what? Honestly, I know editing wise, I went from like America's sweetheart to at times America's B-I-T-C-H, but <laughs> I honestly was. I mean, I played the best game. I knew how to play both times, and I was proud of that. And I, whether my popularity rating from Palau was amazing versus not so great for Guatemala, it didn't matter because wherever I went, almost anywhere I went, if I was recognized, it was a positive type of a recognition. And all in all, like, I still ended up being that positive type of girl for young girls and women out there just because I gave it my all. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't out there um being like a negative influence in any way i if anything i was still like pissy in this match because i was trying so hard do you know what i mean so yeah all in all, i personally was very proud of the game i played both times i mean it was funny when they did the heroes villains i thought to myself am i going to be a hero or am i going to be a villain because <laughs> i mean the way the editing went i could be either or but all in all i ended up being a hero because you know i had a huge target on my back i went to the final two and Danny played a good game, but here's the thing. They did not vote for her to win. They just voted against me. That's really what was done. And when you vote on this show, you vote during the gameplay. You don't have time to cool off. You don't have time to think about it. You vote the last night it's filmed and that's it. Then everybody sits for six months and then you go to the finale. If you would vote at the finale, 
versus the time you voted the, the last day of the game, trust me, those votes would have been different. Because I personally had people come up to me and say, you should have won. I should have voted for you. I was just so pissed off because you screwed me. But that is the game of Survivor. Like, who played the better game? You know what I mean? So I was not a sore loser at all. I was not, I was not upset to sit next to her and watch her get that check. Because for me, it wasn't about the money anyway. It was literally about who played a better game. And I truly believe I did. So I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? I wasn't disappointed in any way. I would never go back and be like, Jack, your team's a bunch of jerks. I can't believe you edited <laughs> me like that. Never. Never. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me yelling at Lydia, it was not that bad. It was literally like, a, oh, Lydia, whatever. It was like a quick little thing. And then she yelled back at me. Of course, her yelling back at me was cut out. And it looked like she was just sitting there watching me yell at her. No. No. And I love Lydia. <laughs> we ended up being friendly after that. It was not anything crazy. To this day, I do regret lying to Judd, but had I told Judd, I would have been out. And that was Danny and Ray's decision. Um, that killed me to lie to Judd because I didn't want him to go home. But they were like, Judd has to go home. They were adamant. It was a whole thing. And I was like, if I don't go with them, guess who's next? It's going to be me. Because they were actually, Race was making all the decisions. And I like that. I didn't want to be the leader making the decisions. I wanted to be part of it like part of that group, but I didn't want to be the leader. You never want to be the leader because it can bite you. Yeah. So I had heard, I did a little research into Guatemala and it really sounded like a lot of the cast and I could be wrong. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts, but it seemed like a lot of cast had this feeling of like, it's not fair that she gets to be here a second time and get to play a second time. Like this is our time. Well, that was the whole thing. That was the whole thing too. Like, People couldn't believe that, like, me and Bob, well, they were so excited we were back, but then they were like, ugh. She, I, like, as we started progressing and people got voted off, they got pissy. So I don't know if you could have won unless you and Bobby John somehow got to the end together because it sounded like they weren't really going to vote for either of you regardless, which isn't fair, of course. That was another thought process. So that's why another reason I was trying to not be so out and out about protecting Bobby John, at least getting him to the jury. But I figured if I got him to the jury, I would at least get his vote in the end, which I didn't even get that. Um, but exactly right. Like, I don't think I, I, and I said that I said, I have such a huge target with that. I think if I get to the end, I don't think I'm going to win either way, but you know, it is what it is. All right. Let's, let's talk about the other bad part. Cause we're talking about the negatives with Guatemala and then we'll get to some better stuff before you got to run. I know you only have a few more minutes left. So, um, heroes, villains, mm-hmm. negative experience for you. Clearly. Um, honestly, I don't think heroes, villains is a good season. I know I'm in the minority opinion, but I don't like survivor all-star seasons because there are so many things that play into the season where it's like, Oh, these people were on a season together, mm-hmm. so they're gonna vote out these other people. Mm-hmm. Or like Steph was really good the first time, so we gotta take her mm-hmm. out. She doesn't have a fair chance this time. Mm-hmm. Why did you ever find out why James and Rupert were so cruel to you in those um, six days? James J- before I even went in, James was already in with that LA crew. Like him and Amanda and whoever's in their little crew, they all lived out in L.A. together, and they were all doing their thing out in L.A. together. They were all buddy-buddy. And I was very worried about that going in. And I expressed my concern to, like, the crew. And they're like, 
no, we're going to, you know, everyone's going to be separated and there's going to be different mix-ups and no one's pre-aligned. And I knew they were. And then I get there and yeah, James and Rupert hated me from day one. I never even met them. They couldn't stand me. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I, I'm with Tom and I'm with Colby, but that's it. I'm with Tom and Colby. Like, the true heroes of the tribe, by the oh, way. Oh, well, they're, those are stand-up guys, like amazing guys. But, like, you can't have three people. You need more than that. And, like, they were all, right. like, we were outnumbered. We were the old schoolers. They were the new schoolers. And I knew it. I knew I was dead in the water day one. I mean, I walked around and tried to, you know, talk to everybody. I'm not kissing their butts. I'm not trying to get in line from day one. But just, hi, you know, get, get to know you. Like, we're stuck on an island together again. Like, you know. Let's embrace it. They had their people. They slept next to each other. I mean, you knew where the lines were drawn from the beginning. And I don't know what they had against me, except for maybe they were afraid I was going to be more popular than them. I don't know. But that's, you know, their issue, not mine. I remember hearing Johnny Fairplay talk about at one point how when you really became a big star... Rupert had called him up and he was very jealous of you at the time when you you had just come off Palau and like he had been doing a lot of promotions for the show and I guess I don't know what kind of uh, stuff you were doing for the show but you became the face of the franchise and you kind of stole it from Rupert and ever since I heard that from Johnny Fairplay said it on a podcast somewhere when I watched that Heroes versus Villains it just seems like he has it out for you because and I, I also noticed this the other time he played. When he comes back on these All-Star seasons, he targets all the fan favorites because he wants to win the fan favorite prize. He can't share that spotlight with other people. That's what it kind of looked like yeah. on TV. And you know you know what? That's funny you bring that up because I thought he was this happy-go-lucky, like, great guy. And let me tell you something. When the cameras were rolling, oh, <laughs> he's playing the Rupert part. <laughs> As soon as the cameras weren't around, he's barking out orders to people. Is anybody else going to get water around here besides me? And, like, nasty. And I'm like, oh, what, what, is there no camera rolling right now, Rupert? You're not going to be, like, Mr. Nice Guy? Like, it was unbelievable. He literally tried to play the part when the cameras were rolling. And I was only there, like I said, for six days. But it was so obvious. So obvious. I mean, definitely, I definitely was not a fan of his after that. And then James, he was like, James doesn't say two words half the time to begin with. And then for him to be yelling at me at some challenge because of whatever, like, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. He did apologize to me at some point. And I was like, that's fine. You know, like, you're out there. You're competing. You get caught up. You know, people start yelling at each other. Like, I get it, you know? Yeah. And I don't hold grudges. Um, But, yeah, he went off the handle with me. But that's all right. Because I had my last day. He looked like an idiot. So it didn't matter. Hey, at um, least you got to uh, you got to get under probe skin at the reunion show. That was pretty great. You gave the oh plug God. for your restaurant. <laughs> that was terrible. Well, I was like, not going to make any money here, so I might as well plug my restaurant. Good <laughs> test. He was not happy. Have you been asked back? Because it was it's been eleven years since Survivor Heroes versus Villains aired. And by the way, I'm not talking to Stephanie via video. I can't see what she looks like, but we're connected on social media. And I got to say, Steph, doesn't look like you've aged a day. I'll tell the listeners that. And, uh, but have you been asked back to the show since then? Um, I have. Um, I was pregnant the one time. 
So I, I had a decline, and then I was another time, and then they changed it. It was that all winners oh. season. And I'm a three-time loser, <laughs> so I ended up not qualifying because it was going to be some sort of an all-star type thing, and then they changed it to the all winners. So, yeah. Were you, would you have been in? Um, at that time, because Kyle had just gotten done playing and I knew like one parent would be around with all three kids. Um, yeah, I probably would have done it, but it's the thought of doing it again scares me because, you know, things didn't go so well the third time I was on. So right. I don't think the fourth time will be a charm. <laughs> well, you know, the winners at war, the problem was they put way too many new people on rather than old people. And that's kind of what happened on heroes versus yeah. villains. But if they were to do some kind of thing where there's an equal distribution of people from like different eras of the show, if there's the same amount of people from, let's say there's five people from seasons one through 10 and five people from seasons uh, 11 through 20, and they just go keep going on with that. I think you could do well because the fact that you didn't do well on heroes versus villains Unfortunately, that's the problem with these all-star seasons is people start to be like, oh, well, they lost on all-stars. They're not that good. So I think you could surprise a lot of people if if you have some allies out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they, they do, though. They need to split it up accordingly. Like, you can't have all these new school people. You need to have... But, you know, I'd have to brush up. I mean, there's so many, like, you get voted off, but you don't get voted off. And then there's, like, these <laughs> right. rocks or something. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I need my 10-year-old to watch it and, like, explain it to me at this point. <laughs> so what did your kids think of you when they watched you on the show? Do they think you're cool? Do, you think, do they think their parents, both their parents actually, are cool? Actually, no. They, so my husband has only ever seen Palau. He's never seen Guatemala. And we watched it when the whole country shut down, you know, COVID, yeah. everybody, all the schools. So every night was, like, family night, you know, and you're all supposed to be quarantined. So we started the Survivor. They were so into it. They thought it was so cool. And now they understand, like, I, I, you know, I help out at school and stuff. And the kids come up to me because it's on Hulu. You know, none of them were even born yet. <laughs> a lot of the kids come up, oh, my gosh, I love you on Survivor, blah, blah, blah. And, and now my kids get it. They get why, because it really is a great family show. Yeah. And, you know, they know I'm, I'm, I'm athletic and they know that I, you know, mommy exercises and stuff. But they've never seen me really compete or anything like that. So they loved that. And then my husband was, Kyle was like, like he could not, he was so mad when I didn't win. And he goes, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? He plays such a better game than her. Like he was like, he could not like, it was so funny. I was like, God, I think you took it harder than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, great. I, I can't let that just happen. Yeah. Okay, I got two more questions, and then I'll let you plug whatever okay. you got, and then I'll let you run. Who are you still in touch with from Survivor? Um, you know, Sari, um, Tom, Westman, Ian, Greg, um, Katie, Kobe I talk to every now and again, Colby every now and again, um, Jeff, a little, not really in touch, but I follow him. He follows me kind of thing. Um, gosh, I hope if anyone's listening and I forgot you, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just a really cool show. It's a really cool experience. These people become like family. And um, you just realize, you know, people would they'd do anything for you when you're put in certain situations. It really does bring out the best and the worst in people, but more so the best. 
So it was an awesome, awesome experience. And and people from other Boston, Rob, I talk to every now and again because he lives in Florida and Amber, and then of course Heidi and Ethan. He just launched some cereal bowl thing that's really cool. I bought a couple for my kids. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with so many of them on um, social media that I kind of keep in touch with. So that's really cool. And then Julie Berry, she's pregnant out of nowhere. She looks amazing. Talk to her. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of them. A lot of them, really. Not even just my seasons. That's sweet. Um, and then lastly, and then I guess we'll wrap things up. Um, I know you work at a Christian school. I know you wore a cross <laughs> necklace when you're on the show. You mentioned We talked a little bit about uh, Catholicism earlier. I was curious, what role does faith play in your life, Stephanie? You know, I'm not super like, you're never going to see me quoting the Bible and this Bible, Bible thumper type, super religious person. But um, I, and my husband's not super religious, like he believes in God, but he doesn't really have an exact faith that's his. I was just saying the other day, like, it is so, it plays such a huge role in my life, like, constantly. I find myself just driving or even at night when I'm falling asleep or even just walking around my house or whatever I do, I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly thanking for all the things I have, for keeping my children safe, for this crazy world we live in right now, for everything that we have, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what? No matter, it's it's something to believe in and it's something to be grateful for um, and to help you through the hard times. So I'm never going to be that person that preaches like God to anybody or the word of the Lord. But in me, I have such a strong faith. It's, um, you know, it's something that my parents gave me as a kid. And I'm grateful for it because, like, it helps me every day. And people wouldn't even know that about me. Like, I do wear a cross necklace. I don't talk about it. We don't go to church every Sunday. It's not like that, you know. Um, but I do. I don't have a strong faith in God, and it gets me through a lot. Amen. Um, so it's important to me. And, and my, my, my children um, do go to a Christian school, and it's important to them, you know? It's all a learning process, and it's what works for you. Yeah. You know, it's how you process it. Everybody's different. Amen. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stephanie. Um, this was an absolute blast. What are you working on right now that people can check out? Do you want to plug your Instagram account or anything that you're working on, any charities or anything like that? Um, Give Kids the World here in Florida is going to have a big event in December and I'm supposed to go, but my daughter and son both are in like travel athletic events that weekend and we're in two different directions. So if I can't go, I'm going to be helping to raise funds for that no matter what. So, um, and I'll put it up on my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is, I don't even know what it is now. Steph, Steph Kendrick, I think it is. Um, but it's Give Kids the World, and it's an amazing charity. It's for children with, like, terminal illness. And it's, like, it, it, they put their family up at this, like, amusement park, basically, and give them, like, a whole weekend of just fun. And enjoy yourselves and just let the kids, like, feel normal again. Because, you know, most likely their life is not going to last very long. Unfortunately, they all have terminal illnesses. So we're raising money for that. And then... um you know, I was, I was working on a couple different things and I'm not really promoting it right now just because some of them with COVID and everything are like frozen. Yeah. Um, but you know, if anybody's ever interested, they can check out my Instagram. It was public and then I went private. Um, 
but I think I'm going to make it public again now. So. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah, so. when when you get that thing up and running, come back on the show, you can plug it again then. That would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to close here with a Gary Hogaboom quote. Oh, yeah, Gary. I loved Gary. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, fun fact about Gary. I haven't met him, but I should. He's someone that would be great on here. Um, Gary... He, he coached one of my friends from college uh, in high school basketball. He was his junior high or high school basketball coach. No way. Grand Haven, Michigan. Gary was a cool guy. I didn't get real close to Gary because he was on the outs. He wasn't in with our numbers, so I didn't have a chance to really get that close with him. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid to. Then I would have liked him too much and felt bad getting rid of him. <laughs> well... He once said, and I'll, I'll I'll paraphrase here. She's she's Stephanie Lagrosa Kendrick. You can get her autograph after the show. Oh my gosh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Well, folks, that concludes my conversation today with Stephanie Lagrosa Kendrick, one of the true legends of reality television was an absolute treat having her on the show today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. If you guys did, and by the way, I'm sure we've had a bunch of new listeners today because Steph's a big deal. Um, so if you're just finding this show for the first time, I'm Jack, and I love talking sports and reality shows, entertainment, um, working on a lot, doing these uh football recaps each week just to talk about what's going on in the world of football also talking baseball once a week throughout the remainder of this season and then we're gonna have some more contestants from these shows coming up soon i've been in contact with someone from the bachelor franchise we've also had people from the bachelor we've had a number of survivor contestants on i'm sure we're gonna have more in the future so if you guys like sports if you like any of the stuff we talked about today, it was really cool hearing about Stephanie's life, her upbringing, her time on Survivor, her baseball life, her faith. Um, so we'll be having more guests like Stephanie in the future, although Stephanie is an OG and I guess you can't really replicate her. But um, if you guys like what you heard today, please, please subscribe to the Jack Vita show and leave a review, five-star review preferably, uh, write a few words, tell me what you liked about this or who you'd like me to have on in the future from Survivor. Just leave a review, comment. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. And we're going to have some great content coming out soon. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, I probably already talked with Arrestus Estrade of Baseball Tonight, formerly of Baseball Tonight, former Marlin. He does the Rays broadcast. And... I did my football recap for the week with Andrew Stem. We'll be back mon Sunday night, Monday, sometime like that, with another football recap. And then I'll be talking with legendary survivor blogger Mario Lanza. We'll be talking plenty of baseball, probably a little survivor too. That'll be coming out sometime next week. And then again, a lot of great episodes coming up throughout the fall. So if you guys like what you heard, subscribe to the Jack Vita show on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm at Jack Vita show on all three of those platforms. I hope you guys tweet me your thoughts, by the way, tell me what you thought of this episode. What'd you think of Stephanie? Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening until our next episode. I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>